Welcome to the Christ Life 2022 edition. We're glad that you're joining us. And here's the beauty about the Christ Life. It doesn't matter if it's the year 22 or 2022. The Christ Life is exactly the same. Yes. And so the things that we talk about are going to always come around the Christ Life because that's that's the Father's heart for each of us. And we believe that as we journey together, uh, the life of Christ grows in us and ultimately grows through us. In 2022, we're going to keep coming back to one word uh, that uh, is critical to the Christ life, and it's simply the word direction. In fact, why don't you just say that word? Ready? Direction. direction. Ultimately, for the Christ life, the reason direction is so important is that you don't enter into the Christ life without first recognizing the destination. Because the destination, it determines the direction. And so, you know, nobody, well, people used to get in their cars and do a Sunday drive. They would just randomly go places for scenery's sake. But that rarely happens anymore. Nobody gets in their car or gets on a bus or a plane or a train without knowing the destination. And so that destination, ultimately, it sets a direction. And throughout history, you can... Really, uh, I think there's some markers, some mile markers or some evidences or certainly fruit when you can look and see that the body of Christ, the church, has been living the Christ life because they've been, they've been going in the, in the right direction. I, early in the, in the church's history, when, when Rome was the predominant uh, uh, governing body throughout the world, uh, there, it was illegal to kill a Roman citizen. But it wasn't illegal for a Roman citizen to kill their own baby. In fact, they actually looked at it as a, as a beautiful act. But because the, the, the body of Christ in that day was going the right direction, they had a much higher view of life. They looked at life uh, significantly different than uh, the people of that day. So eventually, uh, it, it permeated, that view permeated throughout even the Roman government, and it eventually changed. You also find that compassion and mercy are, are just a a marker of the body of Christ really going in the right direction. Again, historians uh, find no uh, significant record prior to Jesus of people groups coming together and expressing compassion and mercy in any kind of strategic way. All that followed uh, the life of Jesus, because the the, the people that uh, moved into the Christ life uh, the natural extent of that is this life of mercy. It's a life of compassion that's ever growing uh, in and around people. And so throughout the, the time you find in, you know, Mother Teresa and uh, Salvation Army and soup kitchens and hospitals, because people are going in the right direction. Uh, you even find that in education. In education, even in our, in our country, in the United States, education uh, really uh, from the Puritan standpoint, uh, they enacted in the 1600s something called the Old Deluder Satan Act. I bet you've never heard of that before. <laughs> the Old Deluder Satan Act. They identified that Satan was basically deluding the population. So it became the first time in history where education was done on a mass scale. And Christianity being born out of Judaism, Judaism always held the importance of the written word. It always held the importance of understanding and knowing. Christianity uh, took that a bit further and said, we recognize that 
beyond just those who have submitted their lives to Christ, we want to make sure that everyone receives an education. So and for, for and hopefully this is the case with you in, in, in the church that maybe you're a part of, is that biblical literacy is a very important part of that process. So education is not a humanistic thing. It's a, it's a God-breathed thing that happens along the way as people are going in the right direction. Even, even in marriage, marriage, the sanctity of marriage uh, is a right direction thing. It's a Christ life thing because as the marriage goes, so goes the church. As the church goes, so goes the community. And when the community is broken down, you really can look and see that the church isn't, uh, is, is oftentimes broken down. And most oftentimes that's because the marriage is broken down. And so we're going to look at this, we're going to look at this direction and understand that the, the direction has been determined by the destination. We all know where we're going. We're looking for and longing for uh, being fully united with Jesus Christ. Uh, we're united to him now, but there's going to be a fullness to it that we're always looking forward to. Jesus said that when he was talking about the end times, he said, he said, look up for your redemption draws nigh. He, he wanted us to be looking in a direction, looking for him. And so in, in John chapter 8, there Jesus really makes a statement about himself that I, I really want to just focus on just for a minute. Uh, starting in verse 12, Jesus says, again, he spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, that's a direction word there, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. Now listen to these next words. For I know where I came from and where I am going. He understood, uh, he understood exactly the destination where he was going. So he was able to look behind him, know where he came from, but he also could look forward and knew where he was going. He, his, his proof to them, because if I'm going to prove it, it's this. I know my direction. I know it. And so he goes on a little bit more and he says, um, uh, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I am the father who sent me. It's an important component. He just wasn't, he just wasn't direct, going in this direction all on his own. He understood that he was um, under the direction of his father. Uh, he goes, I, uh, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and my father who sent me bears witness about me. And so we're going to take just a few moments, because if we're going to be in the right direction, that does require a director, and it requires people who are directed. Mm -hmm. It does. And that was well said. That's a that's a mouthful of things to try to say in in just a short period of time that we have to share in these times. But it's it's so incredibly important that we understand that God is the creator, owner, operator of the universe. He's the one who set all of this in motion. This is what Jesus said. I understand uh, the the final destination of everything because it's the origination of everything. So destination and origination to him were exactly the same thing. I know where I came from mm -hmm. and I know where I'm going. And uh, they are one in the same place. 
I've come from the Father. I'm going to the Father. The, the reality is that this whole world operates under that same uh, truth, restriction, guideline, whatever you want to call it, however you want to define it. The reality is this started with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is the Lord's doing, and it is for His purpose. It is for His glory. It is for this living, loving relationship with God for all of eternity. And so this is where we're all going. It's just whether you're going to be on the right side of the equation, because there is also not just the truth of eternal life and eternal glory, but there's also the the truth of eternal judgment. Mm -hmm. And so this is the reality uh, that Jesus lived his life by. He said, look, I understand this. this. This divine destination, we are a people of destiny. We have been created by uh, the Lord God himself for his honor and glory. And so best to find that out now, best to know that here, best to respond to that right in this moment. And that's that's really what we want to kind of bear in on today a little bit, but all this year, because it's this is a substantial foundational truth. This is never going to change. Uh, this is this is that kind of the kind of truth that you just keep coming back to it again and again. And no matter how many other things you say, it'll bring you back to this one. It's kind of like the Christ life to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, well, you do all of these things and you talk about all that stuff, and then you say, Well, that's the Christ life. Well, because it is. It is. It's this one thing. This is not incredibly complicated. God is the director. Direction requires a director. There has to be someone who sets this in motion, who says, this is what it is, whether it's a play, uh, whether it's a business, whether it's an idea, whether whatever it is, or whether it's the whole creation. Uh, someone sets this in motion, and that someone who sets this in motion is the Lord God Almighty. And so this is the director. Make no mistake about it. God has not left the direction of the universe up to you or me or even somebody as smart as Pastor Rich. The fact is, he's in charge. He is large and in charge. God is the owner, operator of the universe, the sovereign king of all kingdoms, Lord over all lords. He is alone transcendent above everything else. It is his idea. It is his doing. It is his creation. And whether that is plant uh, or animal or or stone and the earth, or that's humankind or the angelic host or anything else in all of creation, everything belongs to the one who made it happen. God himself is the divine director. And we need to get that because that's a that's a really powerful part of this piece. Uh, the universe has a leader. God is not putting the end of time up to a vote. He's not putting your salvation up to a vote. He's not putting the judgment up to a vote. He's not seeking for 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 somebody to you know uh, some level of mass approval. Well, he's just God is just out there building consensus. No, not in any way, shape, or form. What God has said is, He speaks, and worlds come into being, and they operate every single moment of every single day of their existence 
under the divine direction of God. Mm. This is powerful. This is the divine director, and nothing you and I can do will ever change that. He's not given it over to angels. He uses angels. He communicates to and through angels. Uh, there, there, is, there is every evidence of this. He, he allows people to make decisions, and, and free will uh, is abundant. It reigns, even in the angel host. There is, there's an abundance of all of this. But, but make no mistake, nothing that happens is ever going to happen, and God's going to go, oh, well, I'm surprised. Hmm. Oh, I don't know what to do about that. Ooh. That one's to, well, we'll have to have a, a, an emergency council meeting to just figure this out because I didn't see that one coming. None of that ever happens. God is the sovereign director, creator of everything. He is before everything exists. He is the reason everything exists. And when everything else would stop existing, he's never going to stop existing. Everything that is, is because he is the divine director. This is a powerful truth that we need to capture and we need to let that actually capture us because this is this understanding, this sovereign thing transfers to who the Lord Jesus is. He comes saying to these men, look, I'm here operating under divine direction. I'm operating under divine authority. I am here doing the will of the one who sent me and finishing his work. I know where I've come from. I know where I'm going. I know who and whose I am forever. I am the that God, the son of that God. I am that God made flesh. And so he, he comes with this understanding. And when this transfers to the church, it's interesting when Paul is writing about the church in Ephesians, he says that Christ is raised up from the dead with this place and this authority, this this directorship, if you will, of the he's the head over all things to the church which is his body, and this is what it says in Ephesians, the fullness of him that fills every part in every way. Whoa. Wow. So, so who gets to run the church? Oh, the richest member. Eh, wrong answer. Who gets to run the church? The pastor. Eh, wrong answer. The board. Wrong answer. Again and again. Who gets to run the church? The one whose presence and power fills every part in every way, every day. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no mistake. That's why we keep coming back to the Christ life. That's why we keep saying, look, it doesn't matter what label you put on the door. It doesn't matter who votes and how many times they vote. It doesn't matter who likes the color of the carpet or doesn't like it. It doesn't matter who, who it, it doesn't matter. God is in charge. He is the king. And the, the best thing to do when you understand who the divine director actually is is to to be willing to be a directed individual. Yeah, and I, I I liked what you said when you talked about the, you know, this is the big truth. Uh, it, he is over everything, and uh, not just we need to get that. It needs to get us because there you step back and you begin to contemplate and you think about the implications of the great director. At the very beginning, God makes Adam and Eve, and what does He do? He directs them. He says, you know, go forward, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and don't eat of that. He's directing them and they chose to direct themselves. And there's the great challenge is that uh, it's, it's what sin is, is we choose to direct ourselves because we're not thinking about the implications of the great director, the main director, the one who is over all. And so as you move through scripture, 
you find there are people, Abraham was directed by God. But still in that, he still struggled with the directing himself. Moses, uh, he was directed by God, but still uh, would fall short and directed himself. King David, he, he was directed by God, but yet still he directed a part of his life that just caused all sorts of problems. It wasn't until Jesus came where it really came back into the fold. It came back into the plan and purpose. And uh, the, the scripture says that in a fullness of time, he came. The, the, enough had been said, enough it had been done, enough had been recorded about man's inability to live a directed life. They, they wanted to lead themselves and not let the great leader lead them. And so Jesus came and he learned. He learned first what it meant uh, to be led. And as he was learning, he grew in love. Uh, and in this place of love, there's, there, there was the space. If love is, a, if is an actual space, love is the space where uh, a led person lives. Mm. Because now uh, they, they know that they are loved by God. And the space is created by a, by a creator who is going to make sure that all things work together for good for those who love him, because the response to that love is you love back. And now you're going, I want to be directed. I understand that I am not Jesus. I, I may, as I grow and I mature, as I, as the Christ life becomes an ever growing part of my life, I may, may find that I'm directed more and more, but I still can be at a place where I kind of self-determine an area of my life. And so I have to come back and go, wait a minute, I want to make sure that I am directed. And, and now I'm, going to, I'm being led. And so he's given me his spirit to lead me and to guide me into to walking the direction that I need to be walking, not for myself first. And please get that. It isn't about you. It's about him. It's about the director. And so when it becomes about him first, the outcome is about him. But when the outcome is about you, your tendency, our tendencies are always going to be, well, he didn't love me enough. And it didn't turn out like I thought it was going to turn out. So I'm going to go back to being self-led. No, no, no. He determines. He's the director. And he knew exactly what would take place. If if Paul's life is the example, uh, at, you know, the first time he got beat, uh, the first time he got shipwrecked, uh, you know, the first time he was in prison, wherever you want to put it, he's like, no, no, that's not, that's because God was the director. He allowed his life to be fully in the director's hand. There was no ad-libbing. He wasn't going to go, I'm getting off script. God, every day. So if it doesn't matter if it's 2022 or the year 22, we're going to be directed by the director. Wow. I that line, that one line, I've been wowing ever since I heard that come out of your mouth. Love is the space in which we live a led life. Stop the presses, write this one down, let it be etched into your heart and your spirit, because there's the reality of it. The loving God of heaven uh, is, is ministering to us, directing and guiding us, direct you into the love of God direct you into this loving relationship. That's the will of God for our lives, not, you know, a, a separatedness and a, and a, 
living under the judgment or living under the eternal judgment of God. God's will for us is to live in this love of the Lord, to live in this place. Jesus said, look, it's because the Father loves the Son that he shows him what he's doing. I mean, that's what he was, he was defending in John chapter 5, verse 19. He was defending the idea of living a, a spirit-led life and healing somebody on a Sabbath day. And in defense of that, he said, look, it's because the Father shows me. It's because the Father led me. And because the Father loves me, he shows me everything that he's doing. So he's, he's saying, I'm living in this loved place uh, where, where I'm led by the divine direction of God. And so uh, the director expects the directed to do what? To obey, to, to say yes. Uh, to to follow the commandment to 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 decide there's a good word for it to make a decision to be a person who lives a led life i'm i'm going to decide to yield to the lord how different would it have been if in the garden they had said you know what yeah i know i could, maybe there are options but there's only one direction and there's only one director and i think i'm just going to follow the divine direction. This is what Jesus did that Adam didn't, that Abraham didn't, that David didn't, all the ones you mentioned down through time. Jesus did everything right that humankind did wrong, and he did it as a part of humankind. And so he becomes this second Adam. He becomes this perfect sacrifice. He becomes the one who has fully obeyed. He has followed the spirit-led leadership of the loving God of heaven. And by doing so, he becomes the author of this eternal salvation. He becomes this, this one whose presence fills every part in every way. He is the one who then becomes uh, raised up from the dead with, quote, here's what he says, all authority in heaven and on earth. What is that? That is the substance of a led lifestyle. It's when you think of living a spirit-led lifestyle, I'm making a decision to be a led person. I am. Uh, it's not about what I think. It's not about what I have. It's not about uh, what people think of me. It is about the living presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and my walk of love and that obedient love that I have for the Lord. When I live that way, I live under his authority. When you live under his authority, you live in his authority. This is the reality. There's, there's just one person that Jesus commended for this whole idea. And it's interesting that it was a Roman centurion who wanted someone to come, wanted Jesus to come and, and bring healing to someone in his family. And, uh, and he actually sent word and said, look, he doesn't have to really come because he's under authority. He could just speak. And if he just speaks, then boom, this is what's going to happen. And the reason I know that is because I too am under authority. I understand how this works. I live under the leadership of the divine director, and I've made this choice to do so. And because I have, the divine power of that directorship flows through my life. And so I'm able to say to this person, come and, and this person go, and they do it, not because I'm powerful or tall or strong or smart or anything else, or I get a bigger paycheck. The reason they do it is because I wear the Roman insignia. I wear the authority that I live under. And this is the divine 
direction in our lives. This decision that we make to live a led life is the single most empowering thing that's ever going to happen to you. And so when I say to you right now, I want you to just put up your mitts, okay? I don't mean I want you to fight against God. I, I want you to understand what it takes to fight for the Lord and live under the authority of God. Here's what it takes. You have to admit, that's your first admit, admit that you need divine leadership. Admit that you need to be directed. On your own, honey, you're on your own. And that's a terrible place to be. God has never intended us to be ever on our own. He made us for him. And he made us in order to lead us and guide us and direct us into the pathways of his merciful, saving grace. And so we admit we need divine leadership. We then make a commitment. We commit to being uh, under the lordship of Christ, to learning to be loved of God, to learn the word of God, uh, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. We don't just sit there saying, oh, well, if he wants it for us, we're going to get it. Oh, no, no, we're committed to this. We do something about it. We're going after this with all of our heart, soul, and mind and strength. And then as this committed person, what we're learning and growing into, we do. We submit. So we admit, we commit, and we submit. And that's really what love looks like as we live it out. It looks like obedience. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. If you love me, do the same thing that I do with the Father. Because the Father loves me and I love him, he shows me what he's doing, and I do what he shows me. And this is what love looks like, and this is still what love looks like for you and for me in the Christ life today. This is the stuff that we want to open all the year long on this divine direction. Uh, and so we don't make a decision for Jesus. We don't. We, we, the, we follow a direction. We are going in a divine direction uh, of a relationship with the Lord. And because of that, we make a bajillion decisions. In every moment, in every opportunity, where every attitude happens, where things don't turn out exactly like we like or whatever, we make decisions every moment of every day because we have a divine direction that's carrying us to the destination that God has intended. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.